2: Just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Yes, Squirrel, I'm tempted
3: to talk I mean, about Ireland. Like beautiful, beautiful country. So Absolutely stunning. I've been there. Me.
2: And the we
4: women.
3: Skin like porcelain. Lovely. So the auburn hair. The freckles. Poor, sexually frustrated victims of genitals. Poor, poor women of Ireland. Now you've got something else to be sad about. Looks like the dimwood in diapers. And his entire mafia, all on the people's dollar, is back in Ireland, where they're all going to embarrass themselves in the nation further and right here at home we have democrat mafia members embarrassing the nation on a regular consistent basis
5: manhattan da alvin bragg who now the whole nation knows who the da is from uh, manhattan he is now suing the house judiciary committee chairman jim jordan he's accusing jordan of a quote unconstitutional attack on the investigation that bragg is doing into the former president, Trump.
3: So So what this is, is the mafia circling the wagons. You see, because they don't like the idea that people are wise to the way in which our system has been bastardized as a weapon against Americans. And they're going to protect it. So this is when the fight will be the most ferocious. But ultimately, the ramifications of their corruption, the ramifications of their failure, the guarantee of their fascism is having an effect right here in Chicago, where in one month... A staggering statistic that I have yet to hear somebody mention, and I watch all the talking mannequins, the Democrat-friendly propagandists calling themselves Chicago media. In one month, homes available for sale, this is from RocketHomes.com, have increased by 23.9%. That means in a month, there are over 11,000 homes for sale right now. And this is not counting... April. So imagine how many homes and how many commercial real estate is up for sale because everybody knows what's going on in Chicago. And now what's happening is businesses, legendary legacy, multi billion dollar businesses, they're getting the hell out of here.
5: If you think about a city where they want to tout their policy. Success. There's a lot of policy failures that are happening in that city, a city I know very well, born and raised in. Um, It's got a lot of problems right now, a lot of problems. In fact, we just got word, our um, Fox Business Network is reporting that Walmart just announced that they've got to close four Chicago stores now, blaming millions in annual losses. They can't make any money. A lot of these stores are having problems with theft and supplying staff.
3: It's a huge problem. This is the logical destination of a government seizure, of government protecting predators and victimizing innocent people in businesses. And this is the guarantee for the future of Chicago for the next four years at a bare, bare minimum. When the reality is, if you really pan back, we were set on this trajectory 30 years ago. Everybody knows what the mafia does to the areas. And by the way, you could play this tape for Philadelphia, you could play it for San Francisco, you could play it for New York, New Jersey. And what does it look like when the... The mafia has to admit its failures. Oh, I think I can figure that out.
5: In response, Rutgers University president Jonathan Holloway argues they have offered a 12 percent pay raise for full time faculty by 2025, 20 percent hike for part time professors during the next four years and a 20 percent boost to the minimum salary paid for postdoctoral fellows in the next contract. Governor Phil Murphy jumped in, calling on the university and the unions to meet in his office tomorrow morning. Do you know want
3: the pay. The average pay of the people going on strike is $154,990. They offered them 20% on top of that, which if you are bad at math, still it's going to bring them close to $200,000 a year, and that's not going to satisfy them. You see, the thirst of the corrupt mafia, of the Leviathan, it can never be quenched because the cost of their failure rears its ugly head In things like no businesses being around, property taxes going through the roof. And what you have is welfare money imitating private sector money. And the good people flee. Whether it's Rutgers University, UIC, Walmart, Saks Fifth Avenue, the formerly Magnificent Mile, now just a soup kitchen. They are not going to stop in their demands for more money.
6: It is day two of a historic strike at Rutgers University. The walk-up by faculty and staff is now affecting tens of thousands of students. And new this morning, the university's president says some protesters may have taken things too far. CBS India e. Maldonado joins us live. What do you mean, Dave? You
3: mean to tell me these violent Marxist scourge would take things too far? Shocking. I mean, they've only been doing it since before
6: Karl Marx died. From the New Brunswick campus in Zunia, what exactly is that president saying this morning?
7: Chris and Mary, good morning. Well, the president is now urging union leaders to urge a respectful strike following reports yesterday that a number of classes here at the New Brunswick... What do you think the union leaders
3: make? I mean, if after all, if the UPS union president makes $500,000, well, the median employee makes forty. What do you think the union president for this Marxist mafia of... Teachers and faculty that make, on average, $154,000 a year. And who exactly makes up this mafia? Well, here's a professor from Rutgers. Now, I don't know what the tuition at Rutgers is, but it's got to be above $60,000. we are going to check that out, Squirrel. Check me the average tuition at Rutgers. In the meantime, let's see what
0: it buys you. Here is a professor. Speaking of hate speech, is a professor at Rutgers University who has made the news again. I remember seeing something about her earlier, but this is a a tenured professor. Michael Moles, this is. Or at least tenure track. uh, Brittany Cooper. uh, She's known as Professor Krunk, assistant professor of women's and gender studies and Africana studies at Rutgers University. So you let's let's soak that in for a minute. Women
3: and gender and Africana studies. Huh. What kind of job does that get you? Oh, in the government.
0: All right. Fair enough. Can tell she's definitely the creme de la creme of the scholars. Uh, she she has some thoughts about white people.
2: I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate. Right, the real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it is. One, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to. So, you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done this.
3: I don't know. I went to college just for a short time. I didn't have a professor that said y'all. Maybe it's just me. It must be different there in New Jersey.
1: Same thing, right?
2: And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination and colonialism. right? Is that true?
3: It seems to be the only place that slavery exists to this day is Africa. Isn't that amazing? And as we now know, these, uh, these in instances didn't start necessarily in the new countries that got rid of them, like America. So she wants you to believe that in Africa, everything was peaceful and the brown people. So the Aztecs, you know, that were sacrificing babies to their gods and all the rest of it. Peace and harmony and sea travel. That's what a Rutgers professor teaches. Now, what are their Proclivities
2: in all my life nothing else has posed a serious threat to the sanctity of my family than anna stubblefield not only did she rape my brother but she intended to challenge our guardianship
3: anna stubblefield is a professor who raped a disabled man in a wheelchair she's a rutgers professor let's give her a 20 percent raise i say 30 i mean
2: after all she's earned every penny with the hopes of building her life with him do a lot of things, but because of his disability he is vulnerable. He cannot provide for his own self-care, and that makes him vulnerable. Honest doublefield took advantage of that vulnerability. Indeed the thing that she was supposedly saving him from was the very thing she needed to get away with her crime silence. My brother could not give consent. Never, never my brother could not consent.
3: You see, ultimately, when you're giving money to these Marxist entities, you pretend are doing things like educating your kids. It's riddled with failures and frauds and rapists and scoundrels. Boy, that sounds a lot like CPS. That should be on the back of those, not, those communist red shirts. I In the meantime, I can't help but notice 154000 with an offer of 20%, bringing the average median professor's pay to just under 200000 And by the way, the workers that they pretend to represent, they make on average 86000 they offered them over 100000 and in the meantime it's not enough so let's burn the place down
7: campus were disrupted by protesters one in which one of those classes an exam was being given and the president is also mentioning that if there is no movement towards an agreement legal action will have to be taken eventually in order to prevent further disruption to students schedules
3: uh, the students are schmoodens when they're not getting raped they're being taught by buffoons and morons right speaking of- i can't even i can't even Quantify the kind of corruption and failure that this just keeps growing and growing and growing. Unless you point to an area where it's really at its high point. California. So California has the same side effects of every Democrat, mafia, hellhole. People are running for the border.
4: So what's the solution? I know. Every state has some sort of home buying assistance program. In California, it's administered by the California Housing Finance Agency.
8: CalHFA is essentially the state's affordable housing lender, so in our-
4: Ellen Martin is the director of CalHFA. They've been providing down payment assistance for low and moderate income first-time home buyers for years. But now a new program is set to supercharge their ability to help. It's called, appropriately enough, the California Dream for All Shared Appreciation Loan Program. Now when you're listening to this giveaway of real estate, What
3: about all of the people that did the right thing like you? What about all of the people that sacrifice, save up their little pennies, and they purchase a house and they follow all the rules? If you thought 208 was aggravating for good people, you ain't seen nothing like a Democrat mafia run hellhole.
8: It's available to low and moderate income. So the upper income limit is that $211,000.
4: The loans pay for a down payment and closing costs. Take this two-bedroom house in western Chula Vista. It's on the market for $749,000, a price that might seem out of reach for many. But with the new California Dream for All home loan program, this house has become more affordable for a lot more people. What did you think when you first heard about this? I thought the program was genius. Scott Evans is executive vice president of Cross Country Mortgage in San Diego. Now, I want you to listen to what this moron, This whore thinks is genius,
3: because what they're going to describe is how California pretends to have money. California is going to give them the 20 percent down, which on that home is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They're going to give them an interest loan that you can never get
9: from a lender. The state of California can give up to 20% for down payment and
4: closing costs. It's a 0% interest rate. The payments are deferred for the entire life of loan. Evans says the loans are a shared equity program. When wait
3: you- a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is where you start to get a little constitutional. We could tell Rerun, also known as Elvin Bragg, what the Constitution is. See, California doesn't have any money. It takes it from everybody else. It specifically gives 20% down for people who make up to $212,000 a year, and then the state holds a stake in the profit? Is that what I'm to understand, Squirrel?
9: Sell the property or refinance the loan. They take up to 20% of the appreciation.
6: The homeowner gets to keep
3: 80%. When you were figuring this out, did you factor what happens in these Democrat sewers? Just ask a Chicagoan. Your home values go down. So now what about the taxpayers of Chicago, uh, of, of California? They lose the 20%. They lose the equity in the House. And this is being touted as a great thing by the vice president of some phony baloney company that pretends to be a mortgage company. Well, he's just as stupid as anybody else who votes Democrat. And you're about to get what you deserve because you already are and you're covering it up. What do you think it's going to look like when the Walmarts pull out of Chicago? Great quality of life in these ghettos. 312-642-5600.
0: Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. If that's moving up, then I
3: outrageous, man. I'm out. The fact that they can even come up with a plan like this shows you that the principles of Americanism are out the window. And these failed communist, socialist, Marxist, but what are they really? Mafia run states are drowning faster and they have to come up
4: with phony giveaways and says another thing to consider are the tax breaks that become available when you become a homeowner that can help offset the cost of mortgage payments. The money <laughs> do they understand that the money that they're giving away is tax money.
3: There's no break. It's an illusion. It is a financial three card Monte. And you mark my words, home prices in California will adjust accordingly. They will come down that 20%, 30%. You will have a massive increase like you do in Chicago. When you see 30% inventory increase in a month, that is a collapse signal. Not a bad one. That is collapse, economic collapse. Ed, Glenn Ellen.
0: Sean, I've been listening to you for a long time, I mean years, and I finally decided I had to call call in. I was listening to one of your other shows on you know, at the podcast, and you often talk about the CPS students that, you know, the masses can be challenging. And and, and I, I thought maybe there's another method that you can use to help explain that. When you, when you lose or gain 20% of something, it's like if you have a Glock 17 with a 10-round mag <laughs> and you shoot two of them, you, yeah. you just lost 20%. That's
3: uh, only, yeah, if a 10-round mag. I think they're up to 16 now, but I wouldn't know. I'm not a gangster disciple, but I like the way your brain works. The other thing to keep in mind <laughs> is it's not in their best interest to educate the kids. This is the greatest plausible deniability that man ever created because if these kids could figure out how they were being cheated now you've got generations now you've got grandparents that were given a disservice by the public education system so to them this is normal this is tolerable and that is how you feed the beast of corruption that's how they just elected a marxist and they think they're they're gonna have a bright future ahead so maybe this is a plot we underestimated. Maybe that scumbag, may he burn in hell next to Madeline Albright, Sololinsky was onto something. Sorry, Ed. Glenn Allen, you were in the you were in the bleacher seats. Now it's going to be up close and personal. Sell well you can, brother. Because those stats, businesses pulling out of areas, do you think it's going to be confined to Cook County to Chicago? Not on a not on a long shot. This is how you take down an entire state. Teresa, on the formerly called Gold Coast, is it still called gold or should we call it brass?
1: I'm going with brass. All right, the brass. John, yeah, I'm going with brass. Yep, I'm going with that one. Um, yeah, I
5: just wanted to say regarding uh, Professor Brittany Cooper, first of all, anytime I hear professor, I think stupid automatically. But why doesn't she actually read about history? And she'll discover that every race, every nationality, Every country,
1: every continent yeah. had slaves and some still do.
3: And the and the and the you know, race the race of people and I don't even like to call it a race, but I'll go I'll play the game. The race of people yeah. who were in servitude and slavery the longest was the Jewish people. 10 times yes. longer than the African Americans. 10 times. Yes. I, I yes. it's just I mean, amazing. And not to mention I know. everybody knows it was the Vikings who came up with sea travel. We were sick and tired of our own stuff. We wanted to conquer and pillage all other areas, and we were damn good at it, till they ruined us yep. with that religion stuff. Thank you very much, Teresa. I appreciate <laughs> it. Michael, it's outside. Sean, thank you for taking my call. I hope you and your loved ones are uh, doing well. And I do you. you how was what? your Easter, Michael?
2: It was. Uh, it was the first time I ever used a crock pot. Nice. A pot roast. The crock pot Easter. I yeah, think that's how you start a tradition absolutely but uh thank you but uh it, you, you you cannot make this stuff up one week after chicago elected a marxist mayor walmart decided to close the stores close some stores here in the city
9: Four. And, and the kicker is and here's here's the kicker sean they closed neighbor stores
1: and neighborhoods where brandon johnson racked up a lot of votes yeah. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up.
3: Michael, you know what's funny as you're talking? You, 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 bought the, you bought the crock pot and you started it and you probably liked it or whatever the case is. But what about all those people that didn't buy all of this stuff that you were able to go get very conveniently? What does it look like when all of these stores who sell items of convenience from clothing to cookware to all the rest of it, when they're all gone? What happens to those prices? What benefit to society? You almost can't even quantify the benefit the society Walmart did. Now people took it for granted. They took the groceries for granted. Now you're going to turn these into business deserts. And that's the future. And before you know it, they're not going to correct their trajectory. They're going to feed upon it like they do in, in California. And they're going to pretend to be helping people as they drive down the equity for all the good people. This is what happens when you give the attention and the benefits to the worst part of your society, to the crumbs. They destroy the quality of life everywhere they are. They're called Democrats here in America. Thank you, Michael, on the Southside. 312 642
0: 5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die. On The Sean Thompson Show. On AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. We
6: no education. It's true.
3: Yes, Brandon Johnson joined the strike at an Illinois state college. That's yeah, shocking. See, see, this is the philosophy. You think they're onto something new? So these stories are all linked. This is what it looks like. This is what Democrat failure is. And in the meantime, we have to pretend it's normal.
4: We have seen over 7,000 students and young leaders go to the Capitol those fighters who understood. Right.
3: The- Shut up. Her days tomorrow. Let's save that for tomorrow. Hump Day, Harris.
1: George in Naperville. Sean, James Bond had a license to kill. These big city Marxist leaders gave the citizens a license to steal. What did they expect? Everything is up for grabs. No law, no order.
3: They thought it was just going to be small businesses. They figured they could extort the big ones to stay in business. They don't understand how, how business works. This is what I mean when I say you're so far behind, you think you're in the lead. This is what these Democrats celebrate. They are so far behind, they think they're in the lead. Here's the good news. I think that the DNC shouldn't just be in Chicago in 2024. It should be there permanently. They should see what their policies have done to a formerly great city.
5: More breaking news. The location of the 2024 Democratic National Convention has been decided. Three sources tell NBC the Democratic Party has chosen Chicago as host city. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ta-da! Ta-da! Good. You're going to love it. Cream puff, Jim. More of your compadres are coming. It's going to be very difficult to get beef sandwiches and cream puffs.
10: Yeah, yeah I was down there for the '68 68th. That was a ball. I was parked right in front of the uh, Hilton.
8: Were
3: you? Did you have could, your blue shirt on? Did you have one of those hard well, no, hats on? Yeah, it, it, well, I no, I, was a, I was.
10: like a half a hippie, really. Anyway, yeah, but it was a wild. It was a wild night, though. It was a wild night. You were half anyway, the size you are
3: now. But well, go ahead.
10: <laughs> yeah, I can still get in a car without help. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, I'm thinking about buying an Ireland. And the Anglo-Irish War, and Michael Collins, the uh, architect of modern Ireland, he's in the room with the Duke of Marlborough, which is Churchill, and Lloyd George, mm-hmm. who's been chasing him for with a huge price on his head in Europe for five years. He calls him the amazing scapeologist. So he goes in there, and they said, "We demand these six counties." The Queen wanted six counties, and they wanted to keep six. You know, the English, uh, mm-hmm. the Anglos in that had six counties. Yeah. So as, as, as Collins is leaving the room, he says, I signed my death warrant to his buddy. He goes, yeah. you know, the regular writer, is going to go for this and all. You know, they went to all the whole enchilada. You they know, killed what? him about, they killed him about a year and a half later. They assassinated assassinated. And I, I visited his grave when I was in Ireland. And, uh, oh, he was he was one of those brilliant tacticians, uh, the guy would put in shoe leather. I mean, he, uh, he brought the angles to their knees, yeah. to their knees. Yeah. Well, anyway, do you think
3: good. do you think that uh, Joe Biden knows that? And I'm gonna. I, I'm serious when I say this to you. Do do you realize what an embarrassment this man is? You do know well, that. I I know, but he's gonna win. He's gonna win so easily that what he has get used to it. you know, get used to it. You, I would think you're crazy. But after what I just saw in Chicago, what I saw in New York, you people have absolutely no standards unless it's just on, uh, it has to be on bread for you to pay attention. We have to have the election on bread. That's the only time I can get you people to focus, you son of a dog. You're, You're ruining the whole damn country. And in the meantime, maybe he could find out why they only planted one species of potato. You planted one? For God's sakes, India has like 17. Craig and Mount Greenwood.
9: Oh hey Sean, thanks for taking my call. Yes. Okay, so uh, you know the uh, traitor that basically uh, put out that uh, classified and r- very uh, secret information about what the uh, g- our government was doing with regard to listening to Ukraine and the, our enemies and our uh, allies and all that stuff. Like that that was a very very traitorous event that took place. Something that if it happened with the Trump regime, I mean uh, Trump, uh, you know
1: uh, people. They would have had all these committees. Craig, they the Democrats expect
3: ads. this. They're traitors to the principles of Americanism. They're not offended by this.
1: You don't where think... are our
9: people where are our people in Congress, in our senators and everything, to get the committees together? The traitor committees, the this committee, the that committee. They're getting just, sued uh, leftist stuff.
3: They're getting sued. <laughs> and what happens is the, it? is the the problem is these these, these these committees become campaign ads. When they and when you, people realize they have no teeth. That's why it's time to give the Democrats what they want. Give them the states, the areas they've destroyed. Give it to them. I mean, you can't figure out it's happening anyway. Dan in
2: Green Oaks. Hey, Sean, I think you you underestimate the geniuses who run the city of Chicago. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah, You know, I mean, sure, a lot of people are leaving the city, but they got it all figured out. What they're going to do is they're going to raise the transfer tax for people who are leaving the city of Chicago. By two hundred and fifty-three percent. There's a proposal right now before the city council to raise the city transfer tax. By, you the- know, Dan, it's a fascinating.
3: Start- it's fascinating to watch people's faces who never thought <laughs> that there was a penalty for selling your real estate—a transfer tax. Right. And you know, yeah. some of these people, you know, listen, people years ago, my generation, the generation before, that was like the biggest thing you did. You bought a a home and you paid it off. People don't realize I pay taxes all year, every minute of every day on the real estate. Then when I sell it, they get another cut of the action. It's staggering. Oh, yeah. And Cook County is among the highest in the nation. And now they're going to give you 243%. You know, sooner or later, people are going to wake up and realize you don't really own real estate in these Democrat sewers. You just maintain the property. Thank you very much, Dan. These are all startling facts, but they're going to make you feel good about it. They're going to pretend to give you money. Now, sure, they're going to take 20% of the action, but you're going to look at this as a benefit, and some money bundler who's paid on the way in and the way out, he's going to tell you it's great.
4: Every state has some sort of home-buying assistance program.
3: You know, maybe that's the problem. Let's have our own state that doesn't have any home-buying assistance, doesn't have any welfare. You know, we could call it America, like in the beginning, and give the communists, the Soviet, the Sololinsky, mafia members exactly what they want. Let's not do it slow like this in Chicago, New York, New Jersey. Let's do it all fast. Give them all the Democrat states that they already ruined, and we'll take the rest. They could call it the USSA. 312-642-5600.
1: I was just listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you.
0: AM five sixty. The answer. You know, it's funny,
3: it's irrelevant to go after the the liars and frauds that the individuals are who subscribe to this philosophy. Everyone knows what they are. From Bernie Sanders and his bank fraud, unpleasant looking wife, to AOC and her schemes from her campaign to steal a million dollars and walk around in $6,000 clothes, to Brandon Johnson, who lives in Lombard, apparently. Doesn't matter. You expect these scoundrels to be liars and frauds, but there's something More diabolical afoot. And what that is, the definition of greed in this country. See, greed has somehow been a victim of a jujitsu, where greed is the man fighting to keep his own money. But greed is never really identified properly. See, the Democrat socialist scourge is greedy. For instance, the average employee salary. Now, this is not professor. This is the average employee salary. For Chicago State University in 2021, this is via openpayrolls.com, the average, $88,802. This is 28% higher than the national average for government employees, 28% higher. That's still not enough in the formerly great city, now Marxist mafia, hellhole
2: yeah ben pad 160 faculty members here at chicago state university have been on strike since last monday that's when we were first here and we are back yet again uh and within the last half hour they got some high profile support in the form of mayor-elect brandon johnson who came here to the picket line to show his support shake some hands with the union members Ooh.
3: this is good. all get together and i wonder did they have that soviet theme playing in the background i well, why not
2: uh, and talking with the union leaders as well about these negotiations. Now, the union uh, members and the negotiating team, uh, along with the administrators here at Chicago State, last met on Saturday, the day before Easter.
3: By the way, what's the median uh, income for Chicago? Oh, uh, really? Is 52000 a year? So you mean the average Chicago makes 52000 The average Chicago State University of Gatsangul. i never even heard of this school. Gatsangul! That's what good their diploma is. You make $88,802, 28% higher than the national average. And it's not enough?
2: Let's go, Brandon. Uh, Some big differences, though, still remain, especially on faculty pay. Now, the union says what they're looking for, for their members, amounts to less than $400,000 per year for a four-year contract. Negotiations are familiar (laughs) territory for the mayor-elect. He, of course, is a former public public school. that's
3: why they make the number one hundred and one thousand dollars so they all want to make just a hair less and then they'll discount it they'll scam it they'll do what the biden crime family is they'll hide it in an llc you think these scoundrels pay the taxes they demand you pay not on your life this is how you know society has devolved into a soviet society where it's better to be in on the mafia than a victim of it you know like chicago new york new jersey pick one of these hellholes
2: teacher and chicago teachers union official and every single day, you're not just educating, but you're loving and supporting. Are you loving and supporting? I don't think
3: the one in Rutgers was. Not the rapist, the one who raped the handicapped kid, or the other one who hates white people.
2: Where is that loving and supporting? It's all different what love is, though.
0: And you're building families.
2: And that's what this movement is about. To make sure that you all are protected in the work that you do. And the people that rely upon you have the support and resources that they And if you're
3: smart. You'll follow the mayor elect where he lives. See, he doesn't really live in Chicago. He lives in Lombard. Nobody knew that, huh? You didn't care. It really doesn't matter. You don't expect the truth from these Democrats, scourge. David and Lansing.
10: Uh, hey, Sean, I'd just like to add something that you said about Republicans versus Democrats and greed. Statistics show that those who identify as Republicans give more to charity than those who identify as
0: Democrat. See, it's so about character.
3: It's about character. And what you see is the character of the Democrat. The character of a Democrat who would tout up hatred, be excited about implementing racism and bigotry, all in the name of a peaceful society. Misuse people because they're just useful idiots for their control. See, because in a normal society, none of these scoundrels would be important. None of them! They would be recognized as the liars and the cheats and the thieves they are. For now, we'll just call them Democrats. 312-642-5600. This
0: is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show. This
1: looks like a top of me, so everybody,
9: just follow me, cause we. How
0: did fascism
3: become the norm? You've heard me say for years, I'm not a Republican. I'm not even a conservative. I'm a real liberal. We've allowed fascism, Marxism, communism, socialism, and the idea of government supremacy to sneak into our society under the Trojan horse of liberalism. It's wonderful to see this be explained. Nobody can explain it like my next guest. I remember reading his an article years ago in The American Thinker. You can find his articles in The American Thinker, in The American Political Thought, New England Quarterly, Pennsylvania Magazine. He's a professor of politics at Hillsdale College. He teaches political philosophy and American political thought. He also is the author of a new book, War on the American Republic, How Liberalism Became Despotism. It's out now. His name is Dr. Kevin Slack. Thank you so much. Professor, for joining me. I appreciate it. Good to be here. You know, I was in the 70s when I was a kid, and I watched Chicago's very own. See, we are the hub of American communism. And I saw Chicago's very own Milton Friedman, who was a phenomenal professor of economics. And he was doing one of his town halls, and he got in a debate with, a, uh, at that time, an American communist. And he said, we have to stop identifying your philosophy as liberalism. And it's from that point that I really look at things much differently. And you see as the American Democrat mafia has evolved to take over the nation. And this is the demise we're experiencing, in my opinion. Is this something that I'm right about, or am I off base?
11: No, I think what you're pointing to is the rejection of of, of those mid-century liberals Uh, by the radicals in the 1960s, but even those mid-century liberals had waged a war on what you're calling liberalism, right? Classical liberalism, the idea that the end of the political order was the freedom of the individual. There were certain natural rights. Uh, and that wasn't just rights to say freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, but that also extended to certain individual property rights, uh, the rights that uh, you would have under a free market to buy and sell goods at whatever price you wanted and so on. So uh, what I try to do in the book is to chronicle the, how it is that these different movements on the left broke with that uh, original idea of liberalism. Uh, And so uh, you find – and they're very uh, clear about it where they say this is the old liberalism. We're going to introduce what, uh, what John Dewey called the renaissance or the new liberalism, and that would mean that you can only be free by government intervention. Uh, when you get to the 1960s, what you're referring to is the rejection of even those liberals, right? Those, were the, those are the ones who argued, those liberals argued that what we needed was central planning. Uh, we'd have the big six regulatory uh, boards and commissions, and they would regulate the various industries. When you get to the young radicals like you're referring to that Milton Friedman is debating, uh, they're in favor of uh, a democratic socialism and what was called the new social regulation in the 70s, and that was the most intrusive federal regulation in history, right? Think about the EPA or OSHA, those were all of uh, agencies or departments created uh, to do that, this very intrusive regulation that would cut across all industries and not just regulate particular industries in the 1970s and, that, and beyond.
3: That's the weapon of virtue we must be most afraid of, Ironically created by a Republican by the name of Richard Nixon, who was really sharing the, sharing the philosophy of a Fabian, and this is something I realized in my growing period from a child to an adult, the Republicans were the Fabians, the Democrats were the hardcore Marxists, and then you had the branch of the, of the, of the virtuous socialists and the rest of it. But when you're in this kind of duopoly of government supremacy, ultimately I need law, American law, to become the shield versus the weapon. How does that transition happen? Because we're no longer an American republic, we're clearly a mobocracy of sorts. And I never saw so much power concentrated in so few. It's not even the 537 whores we call politicians. So how do we get it back?
11: Uh, How do we get it back is, uh, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think you're absolutely right about the assessment that we don't really have this notion of equality under the law. There's a, a delegation of lawmaking authority to, uh, to a group of experts. Uh, how we get it back? I mean, there's, I think there's a whole list of things that can be done. Um, at the federal level, it's a little tricky. Uh, when you get to uh, the national level, I think we can look to some of these uh, red states and what they're doing. Um, uh, to try to, let's say, crack down on the, uh, the bureaucratic rule that we see. I'll give you an example, after the last election, uh, states, uh, a whole host of states, I want to say it was almost 20 states, red states, uh, their legislatures passed laws that would limit the state boards of health that had commenced in the lockdowns, uh, and those boards had been delegated emergency powers, lawmaking powers, um, uh, years before, going back to the progressive era. Now, here in my state of Michigan, Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer had her own lockdowns, uh, and that was overturned by the Michigan State Supreme Court. But then, because of the delegation of lawmaking authority to the State Board of Health, simply reinstituted the lockdowns that kept kids out of school for two years. So working through red state legislatures, also through local governance, uh, when it comes to many of those lockdowns in the rural areas, even here in Michigan, they simply weren't enforced and they were ignored. Uh, participating in local and city councils, at, at the school boards, uh, you find parents trying to take back uh, their, their rights as parents uh, so they can be freed from this new uh, priesthood, this woke priesthood that's demanding their kids be educated certain things. So those are, I think, some of the things that we can do. So, Professor Slack, here's where I
3: found the silver lining. And that was during that moment of American fascism, the likes of which I thought were were guaranteed never to happen here. I myself took advantage of it, and I watched as millions, tens of millions of Americans did the same. I relocated myself to a state that was going to protect my freedom. And in these ghetto sewer states, they fell deeper into government supremacy. And I believe it's because in America, we have something that Hitler, that Mussolini, that uh, even Stalin didn't have. We have a well-polished propaganda machine masking itself as media. But ultimately, enough people were aware of what happened, and those good people went to states that protect them. So you're seeing a much wider divide between red states and blue states. It's no longer where they can mimic being anything other than what they are. Mafia-run states, as I call it. I don't call it a Democrat state. I try not to, anyway. This is a mafia. (laughs) This is an organized syndicate. So isn't the easiest path? And I say this not wanting any violence whatsoever. I don't mind a good fist fight. In fact, I'll be disappointed if there's not three guys by my car in the parking lot. But what I do not want is a violent civil war where children are victims, whether they pretend to be soldiers or not. They're intellectual children. So I don't want. I want to avoid this American civil war. Part two. and the way to do that is through using the laws. In, the, in in my opinion, anyway, is to using the laws of our republic. To separate and let the Democrat areas, the mafia comfortable, the ones like Chicago, the ones like, unfortunately, it's sad to say, well, Michigan is becoming, to a certain extent, Wisconsin, the rest of let them go that way and just go our own ways. I mean, at this point, we have irreconcilable differences. Why not advocate for a divorce?
11: I would say also no- red states of the mafia you're talking about is, is a lot weaker than what they appear. Yeah. give an example, it would only take some, some governor's executive orders to do away with the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion priesthood. Uh, how do they have their jobs? Is, is not that a violation of, of what we understand by equality? Why do you have a host of bureaucrats? Or even if you go to the large research universities where, uh, if you look at open partisan affiliation, those professors are 90% Democrats. Bureaucrats, these are people who, uh, they make their wages, they're living by taxpayer dollars. So why is it that the taxpayers, even in red states, are supporting uh, the mafia, as you call it, or those who are in favor of the expansion of the bureaucracy, the expansion of the kind of policies that people move to to red states to avoid?
3: Yes and Professor, I'm telling you firsthand I, I I moved to Florida very early on. I had been involved in Florida since 2014, um, but when I when I moved there, I saw something remarkable, and that was the the, the acceptance and the um, the real support for Ron DeSanti's success. I saw people, I sell real estate there in South Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm on both coasts. It was a world of difference when I would go to the East Coast versus where I live on the West Coast. I saw people Mm -hmm. on the East Coast who thought themselves to be Democrat understand the amount of success and freedom Ron DeSantis and that party was giving him. I also saw as the largest victory in Florida history by a governor happen, and I saw his implementation of things like voter security. I saw the the Democrat Party start to cheer his success, understand Mm -hmm. the liberty that was protected and provided by and now you have very few people willing to accept any form of the Joe Biden agenda. This, to me, is a great example of how success is recognized even by people who formerly thought themselves to be that JFK Democrat. Because the undeniable reality is there is no way someone is going to recognize this new totalitarian fascism as anything other than that. And that is if something we if we learn to articulate, we can win the point. Do you think there is an opportunity here?
11: I think there is. And, uh, you know, I think that's the message that needs to go out to these these blue cities in a city of red, in states like Texas or in Florida, consider Austin. Uh, what, what was encouraging to me, even in a blue state, Sean, is is the, you know, we talk about civil disobedience and, and the civil rights era. What you saw during the COVID lockdowns was probably the greatest movement of civil disobedience in U.S. history, where where prosecutors said, I'm not going to shutter this small business because somebody wants to work. Uh, if you're going to have me do that, then you're going to have to force me to shut down the Home Depot that's down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you saw citizens understanding what was really at stake, and they revealed themselves for what they were. You know,
3: Professor, I'm I'm interested. I have not seen read your book and I, I i want to but i'm also interested in your very first book ben franklin natural right and the art of virtue the reason i'm interested in this is because one thing is for certain and i say this as somebody who is from chicago somebody who watched as people wallowed in the mafia profited from the ignorance of it and some people were victims of it there was always a common denominator and that was that willingness to want to be in on the scheme rather than watch it tear down That is something, as you move to a different area, you realize there are people in this society that know it's a scheme and reject it wholeheartedly. And it's there where the virtue lies. When you see a Democrat party wrap their arms around somebody so scandalous, so immoral, so wretched as George Floyd, and turn him into a saint, somebody who in any course of humanity would be rejected as the rapist, drug-dealing rat that he was. Isn't that the indication that it's time to get away from that kind of lack of virtue, that kind of immorality, that kind of acceptance of of just scum? Really, I don't know how else to say it. Isn't that where no, you I, really saw the divide?
11: I think that's that is the divide that you have. Uh, you have this small group, you know, a power elite, a ruling class uh, that is working with uh, those who are uh, the low class in the society. Uh, And they have a vested interest in trying to keep them in in servitude and utter subordination. And uh, this upper class in this, uh, you know, in the 60s radicals, they called it the new proletariat, which essentially meant those who were the white progressives would work with uh, any of these uh, groups, whether it's single mothers, whether it was different uh, different minority groups, and they would go and attack the middle class, the people who practice the virtues that you just referred to, industry, frugality. You know, in conservative circles, they call that uh, anarcho-tyranny, where uh, instead of actually enforcing the laws, instead of trying to clean up the city, making sure that people work hard uh, uh, and receive the fruits of their labor, Uh, You court those who are uh, the least among us in in Rawlsian language, and then you attack the middle class. You try to shake them down. You raise their taxes. You pull them over for speeding. You give them traffic tickets. So the people that work the hardest become the enemy of those who are in power. Has the character, you
3: know, I, I, I say this raised by somebody who was Italian, and Italians in this country, I'm half Italian. And my I was raised by primarily by my Italian family and my grandmother, who only spoke Italian, was a victim as a child of the Great Depression, but somebody who would have never accepted welfare. This is there's also something else I noticed. My grandmother lived to be in her 90s. I never heard her use the word anxiety. I never heard her or saw her practice depression or accept it or whatever. It was amazing to watch somebody who grew up learning how to make soup out of chicken feet because they couldn't eat the chicken. And you saw this character of somebody who refused to be broken by anything in society or turned to any kind of acceptance of welfare. Is that something that is totally missing out of this society? As you watch, never before we have 60, 63% of Americans that accept some form of welfare or another. Isn't this the beginning of the erosion of that character and that virtue, for lack of a better word, that you wrote about with Ben Franklin in The Natural Right and The Art of
4: Virtue?
11: I think we've seen yeah, for a long time. So if you go to the 1930s, a quarter of, still sta- uh, of states still had proper laws. The basic argument was is that if you were receiving some kind of a welfare, then you really don't have a business voting because guaranteed the way you cast your vote is going to be to redistribute the wealth. Of other people who are actually uh, producing and creating wealth in the society, uh, so it's something that's gone on for uh, a long time. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that's not completely gone. You know, uh, I have children, and one of the most important lessons I have for them is to make sure that they work hard, uh, to make sure they learn the ascetic virtues. Um, uh and i think that's part of the american heritage that idea of, of a self-sufficiency a self-reliance uh and a, a feeling of right of just entitlement to the things that you've earned uh, and one of the ways you can do that is you know simple sports, right i make sure that my kids wrestle whether they whether they love the sport or not the point is okay this is going to teach you some of the ascetic virtues along with uh working hard so i don't i don't think those virtues are gone and i think it's it's part of our duty as citizens as well as is just to be ethical individuals uh, to try to instill those into our own children.
3: As you go over political philosophy, I've noticed something, and I'm curious to know if 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 you feel the way I do about the ideology of government supremacy, of fascism, of Marxism, of communism. They all share something. They were all founded by people who were failures, whether it be Karl Marx or the ideologues of Lenin and Trotsky and the rest of it. But what they managed to do beautifully was to tap the most vicious and the most dangerous of humanity of, of of the flaw of humanity, and that is to tap the ideology of 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 jealousy of covet of of someone being covetive you know to covet somebody's wealth or prosperity or whatever it is it taps that jealousy and as it does that in humanity that is the 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 common denominator of all atrocity committed on humanity throughout the world. This is how this ideology is responsible for 180 million deaths. And as if you can tap that, you can get this virtue violence that we're experiencing in this nation as we're practicing all this totalitarianism in the name of a society that it's going to be great when we get there. Isn't that if you could just tap that in man, you'll erode the willingness and the desire to be free and to experience liberty?
11: Well, I think two things uh, come to mind from what you say. The first is is there's something in man there is some religious longing it's this seed in human nature and uh, and tapping into it uh, you can do that very effectively by giving a religious gloss to the very jealousy and the class warfare that you're referring to and what we see in the, say, the 60s radicals or even today right this whole great awakening, the turn to identity politics is that you can make a kind of religion out of identity politics and you can uh, instill into different groups a kind of resentment uh, that there's something that they are entitled to uh, and that might mean a, of, of a taking from other people and a force redistribution, and you lose any, any conception of a common citizenship that might bring you together.
3: You know, it's funny, as we watch in Rutgers University, the average salary for a professor there is $154,990 a year. What do you think the average is at Hillsdale College?
11: Uh, well, I know from experience it's it's under $100,000. I don't <laughs> I know. Yeah, but what you have there is far more virtue.
3: Private. What you have is far more <laughs> virtue. You're never going to have a union come in and strike on your behalf, but it doesn't matter because I don't know what you make, and I don't care if you're rich or not. You have far more character than these communists I see demanding more when they have two loaves of bread under their arms. I want to thank you for kicking out the book. I want to wish you well in it. I'm going to ask my people to buy it. It's called The War on a, the American Republic. How Liberalism Became Despotism. It's out now. He is Dr. Kevin Slack. He is a professor of politics at Hillsdale College, where I recommend you send all of your kids. In the meantime, thank you for what you do, and I appreciate you making time for me. All right, thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments.
0: This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. We are
3: majority, 70 percent, 70 percent of Americans know that we are financially scroogied.
5: We actually published a survey just today, 4,000 people. We found that 70 percent of Americans admit to being stressed with half saying that they're living paycheck to paycheck. You
3: see, this is what economic feudalism looks like. That is why you're seeing the organized labor mafias Crawl up out of the woodwork. You see, before Joe Biden, the unions, the organized municipal union mafias were on their ass. They only thrived in these corrupt hellholes. The kind where you could have the FBI tapes of Rod Blagojevich and Pritzker not matter. See, it's acceptable for you. So when Pritzker says he supports the mafia, no kidding, that's the only reason you know his name. In a real society, trust fund Butter-handed pansies like Pritzker, you'd never know his fracking name. Only in Chicago mafia politics is that acceptable. Don't worry, the rest of the country is well aware of exactly what's happening.
2: Again, I'm here to demonstrate and show solidarity with you all today and prepared to collaborate with all
6: of the stakeholders
2: to make sure that you all get a... The greed of the organized
3: syndicate can never be quenched. The greed will live in perpetuity. And that's why it has other effects. When they're in charge, everything sucks. And you're seeing this manifest itself among young people, which have a massive uptick of drug addiction, suicides, depression. This is what it was like in the Soviet Union, only they didn't care. They had vodka.
7: Okay, Charlotte, we have Charlotte in the room here from Kids uh, Scope Media. Welcome, Charlotte.
3: Kids Scope Media, the girl Charlotte is about 14 years old.
7: We you have a question for me? Um, first off, thank you for hearing my question. And um, recently, the number of children with mental health issues is on the rise. Um, how is the White House positioned to help specifically kids? So, um, mental health issues. Of- Here's what they're
3: going to do, little girl. They're going to put lipstick on the pig at the fact they want you on more drugs to keep you stupefied. So you're dependent and it becomes normal. See, these are the failures of the Democrat Mafia. There's only one answer, and that is to drug yourself into a coma. Scott, Portage, Indiana.
0: Yeah, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Um, thanks for making
1: it. Great, great, great guest you had on. Uh, Thank Honey Bunny. She's we, the best. Yep. Um, I really liked, uh, I mean, I, I know you've been on beating the same drum I have about succession. For a while now, I mean, like two years ago, we've been talking about this. And the only way I can see is if these red state governors get together and, and choke off this money going to that. Uh, like you said, the five five hundred and thirty seven fools that we got running this. Scott, country.
3: secession, although we talk of of secession, <laughs> secession was the concept and the understanding of the founding fathers. It's put in our documents. See, yep. they understood what would happen. If society gave away its virtue, gave away its character, succumb to the ideology of servitude and master, that unfortunately is what human beings naturally are comfortable with. Some of us want to be servants; they find a comfort in it. It's called Democrat voters. Thank you very much, Scott Rich in Indian Head Park.
1: Hey, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you?
8: Good. What well, I wanted the to talk
3: about it. when I'm in the sewer. You notice the weather. Notice the sun. You got shorts on. The legs are all pasty white. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> what I want to talk about is I know that uh, abortion is going to be a big thing uh, in these up up and coming and elections. Only for okay? the people
3: who want to kill their kids. Yes,
1: right. But they have the right to uh, to abort their kids. What about the women that have these babies and they want and they want to have a say so on how they're raised. But yet, that is taken away. The schools are telling them they have no say so on. Well, this is, is good people versus schools.
3: bad people.
1: Yeah, but they hide things from them, you know. Uh, well, sure, they about uh, about gender and all of this.
3: I actually now, have. A, do I have a clip about the teacher that was complaining about the, the? You you want me to hide from the from the parents? Did I send that to you, honey, bunny? I don't know if I did. We'll find it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So why are, why aren't they protected? Why are they always down on the parents that want to know? What's being taught their kids, but yet they give the rights to the, the women that want to abort them. The themselves. idea,
3: Rich, see, this is, your, I could tell you're a little older. The idea that these know nothing Marxist union hack teachers think that they have the right to talk to our kids about sexuality shows you how, defar, how far we've devolved. You see, in our era, a teacher would never even think. About telling a third grader about sexuality. It was unheard of. Because a teacher understood. You just work here stupid. You're not important on any level. But our era had standards. There are no standards now. That's how this mafia thrives. And it only thrives in the sewer areas. Because they don't want the kids to learn. Right from wrong. There's. See, this kind of Marxism wouldn't have been tolerated when I was a kid.
2: Contract, and that the services that the Chicago State University provides, that those services are delivered. A hundred and fifty-four
3: thousand a year—not enough. How much is enough? Hey, communist, Marxist pig, you who have two hundred thousand dollars and can't write a check for your fracking water. Hey, bust out! How much is enough? Give us a number, dummy. But see, that doesn't sell this phony utopia. That puts all of these creeps and roaches and deadbeats in power. This is what they have to keep selling. And in the meantime, let's make people feel good about killing their own kid.
8: Executives from hundreds of pharmaceutical companies have signed an open letter calling for the reversal of a Texas judge federal ruling halting the
3: FDA's approval of the abortion pill. Now, why would the why would all of the pharmaceutical companies sign a petition? Ignore the law like AOC, right? The other communist whore who likes to squander a million dollars off of her campaign contributions and walk around in $6,000 worth of clothes, making it look cheap and dirty.
7: But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to to have the authority over the FDA that they just asserted.
3: I agree with you, you socialist whore. I don't think the courts have the authority to take away my freedoms either. You want to use it to, so that scumbag tramps can kill their kids, not me. I want to I make sure that we understand they don't have the authority to take my rights ever away from me. And none of you do. The beauty is now there's no real penalty for moving, aside from you taxing us out of equity we never really had. But in the meantime, remember what she said, boys and girls. The courts don't have the authority to take away your rights.
7: But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to, to have the authority over the FDA that they... Brilliant.
3: They don't have the authority to have the authority over the FDA or me and you. 312-642-5600.
0: Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what's fascinating, squirrel?
2: And I mean Fascinating. What?
3: Trump stands to be convicted of a felony of business paperwork. You know, that's what it is. 34 counts of business paperwork. The FBI's had the laptop of the crack-smoking, degenerate son, whoremongering, sister-in-law-banging son of the president. Right? They got it for three years. And even the Democrats agree it's a money laundering scheme. Every LLC and the rest of it all created... As a pass-through bribe from the Chinese communists to the oligarchs who are uh, the former Nazi sympathizers in Ukraine, the Azovs, and the rest of it. They all recognize what it is. And this son of a gun's going to Ireland?
7: What the hell is that? Who is traveling with him? Is it just uh, from his family? Is it just Val and Hunter or are there so, other family members? confirm? I can confirm uh, that uh, uh, his sister Valerie uh, Biden-Owens is traveling. I can confirm that Hunter Biden is traveling as well.
3: Drinks are on the house. Get yourself a couple of pints of that warm beer and blend in with the rest of the short in the pants. Go ahead, because maybe they won't focus on why you're really there. Why you're really there. You're hiding from the evidence that Joe Biden is unfit to have any job in a country he rules over like a fascist, the likes of which this country's never seen.
8: Any uh, any chance you guys have reconsidered the decision not to have a press conference while you're
7: in Ireland? So, look, I know I, and I appreciate the question. I know you guys asked. <laughs> so a couple of things. Uh, look, as you know, the president regularly and takes questions from the press. In... No, he doesn't.
3: He hasn't had a press conference Wrong. in a record time. The reason he doesn't is because he's unfit to put together sentences coherently. And he's on the run from the reality that this is obvious to everybody. And pretty soon it'll be to his own little hometown in Ireland there.
7: informal, Informally as well, uh, at different locations, at different formats. Right before he uh, got on Air, Air Force One, he took f- about five very newsy questions. <laughs> he
3: took, He took five questions. But listen, he appears to have dementia, and I think he wet himself. Can he answer that question?
7: Um, uh, for all of you, which I think was very important for for all of you, and also for the American people, uh, to you know to to, um, to hear from him directly on.
3: Well, here's a question, dummy. Why does every policy Joe Biden have weaken American businesses and strengthen Chinese? Is it because he's a communist sympathizer ideologically, or has the tens? dare I say, hundreds of millions of dollars the Chinese Communist Party gave to his crack-smoking sister-in-law banging son, really paid off.
9: Uh, Thanks, Karine. I wanted to follow up on electric vehicles. Um, You mentioned the investment. Some of the companies investing in EV battery plants here in the U.S. are Chinese companies. Uh, Is the administration doing anything to stop China from cashing in on green energy goals?
3: See, I don't like the way that question is asked. Why aren't you focusing on the result as being intended? Is it true Joe Biden and his crack-smoking, whoremongering, sister-in-law-banging son took money from the Chinese Communist Party to assure the implementation of policies that enrich the Chinese Communist? That's how you ask the question there, nuts.
7: Anything to share on China specifically as it relates to electric vehicles? Uh, as you know, the president is committed to this. Uh, you see that in his Inflation Reduction Act. You see that in the bipartisan uh, uh, bipartisan uh, uh, infrastructure up, uh, law, uh, which uh, which is very uh, very keyed in on making sure that uh, his gen- his agenda in dealing with climate climate crisis. She's got a little bit of a hitch in her giddy up there. Is that a little stutter I sense there?
3: Another benefit that is. Tim being the press secretary. But the reality is, this is the intended results. This is why every policy is meant to weaken America. Not just the one that costs $2 trillion that you can't figure out exactly what the benefit to the American people is.
7: Uh, is dealt with. Uh, so don't have anything on China. You know our, our, where we stand on China. We want uh, uh, competition, not conflict. Uh, that's where we have always moved uh, with China. Uh, you heard my colleague speak s- specifically on where that those rela- that relationship is. Uh, just don't have anything specifically on the electric, electric vehicle.
3: Your policies strengthen China. Your policies weaken America. And for the first time in history, not only has the military been paid nearly a trillion dollars, of which we can't find a large portion of the money. But what is some of the other mores you're destroying here in this country?
0: This is making a lot of headlines today, this story. Walter Reed up the road in Bethesda. uh, A leading Catholic bishop says Walter Reed Medical Center is violating the religious freedom of service members who are at the facility. And they say that because Walter Reed just ended his contract with the Archdiocese for the military services for providing pastoral care. The Archdiocese calls the move, quote, incomprehensible. Are you familiar with the story? Can you expand on it?
1: Why the contract? I'm afraid I'm not. And even... uh, uh, even uh, even if I was, really, this is a better question for the Department of Defense.
3: How much evidence do you need to realize Joe Biden is a traitor to America as he weakens, demoralizes, bankrupts our country and strengthens our enemies? That's why the Chinese Communist Party and oligarchs in the former Soviet Union bribed his crack-smoking, whoremongering, sister-in-law-banging son. 312 642
1: One of the main
9: failures
3: of this country is foreign policy. Nobody can really articulate what it is. But so far that I can decipher is for the last 80 years, our policy is to bribe people to pretend to be our friends. That still doesn't explain this particular dimwit and the philosophy of what he's doing in Central and South America.
8: The U.S. is considering sending money to Central Americans in an attempt to stem the flow of migration. A senior White House official told Reuters the program would aim to address the economic woes pushing people to move. There's been a steady increase in arrivals at the U.S.-Mexico border in recent months. Some 168,000 people were picked up by U.S. Border Patrol agents in March, the highest monthly tally in 20 years. Roberta Jacobson, the White House's Southern Border Coordinator, said the potential program Will be targeted at people in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. She told Reuters, quote, We're looking at all of the productive options to address both the economic reasons people may be migrating, as well as the protection and security reasons. Republicans have already hit out at the idea. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said Friday that the idea was insulting to millions of Americans out of work. Republicans blame the recent surge in arrivals on Biden's decision to reverse former President Donald Trump's hardline immigration policies. Biden has instead called for $4 billion in development aid to Central America over four years.
3: $4 billion to Central America. These are the corrupt governments in which the people's quality of life is so poor, they're willing to take the risk of life itself to travel to a better country. I don't think we should be paying these governments. Then again, I don't think we should be paying our government. Who manages to misappropriate funds. My next guest is a specialist in this area. He's a research assistant for the Latin America at the Heritage Foundation's Allison Center for Foreign Policy Studies. Mateo Haydar, does this make any sense? And how does the president and the president and just that small group of people have the ability to delegate $4 billion? Isn't this Congress's job?
9: That's that's right, Sean, and, and thank you first for having me. Sean, look, this is you're exactly right. It is uh, a, a job that that in part belongs uh, to Congress, not only to to approve it. It was you know something worth approving, uh, which it's not, but but also to to stop, which is the bigger concern here because we're not seeing Congress uh, do the proper oversight here to stop uh, the these funds. Uh, from being dispersed, and we have to take a step back here, Sean, and look at how this started. Uh, this entire program, it's basically, it's billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars that are basically uh, getting thrown around, uh, not, not just, and not, not really uh, to, uh, you know, foreign governments, but really, I mean, to major uh, contractors that pocket this money, right to major NGO networks that are by the way on the left that are uh, promoting as we found with with a recent report at the Heritage Foundation uh, are promoting a, a, a slew of issues which uh, your viewers uh, could could well imagine because it's the same issues that we talk about domestically uh, in, in terms of, of a woke uh, ideology driven agenda and that's not a hyperbole Sean this is uh, the, there's a slew there's of issues from climate to reproductive health to LGBTQ activism and identity-based activism, which, again, regardless of what you think of any of these issues domestically, because it's not to take a, uh, even an ideological stance on this. It's why are we promoting domestic social activism uh, in uh, abroad, right, and with because, U.S. taxpayer money?
3: You know, Mateo, I've come to the conclusion this is about protecting and spreading the ideology that isn't uh, new, but it is, it is, however, new to America. And this is about paying off the ideology of the Marxist. This is about spreading around and protecting the mafia of world governments. That is the only explanation you can come to as to why the American government would funnel billions of dollars to governments that are known Not just among their own people, but worldwide. We keep giving money to corrupt governments. Whether it's in Europe, the former Soviet Union, or Central and South America, which we know are despotic hellholes and third world banana republics. But, Mateo, the only conclusion I can come to when you see that this president somehow has usurped the authority to do this through his administration means we're also sharing in becoming a third world banana republic, how else can you explain the complacency among representatives who sit there and do nothing rather than hold their powers jealously, the way the founders intended?
9: Yeah, yeah, Sean, you, yeah, and you, that's right. And you have to remember again, this all began, and this is billions of dollars that are basically uh, getting uh, you know up for grabs to the highest bidder. Again, most of them. U.S. contractors, right? Contractors that benefit. It's a massive, you know, aid industrial complex
3: Ooh, I that it. benefits
9: from, and, and, and that's exactly what it is, unfortunately, Shawnee, you know, it, it, that benefits basically the pockets all this money that stays here in, in, in with, with certain, you know, large, often woke corporations that we're seeing that, again, are promoting this uh, ideological agenda. So we're not even leveraging it Uh, abroad and 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 that i think that that brings up two points one is that again all this got brought up and is basically up for grabs merely because kamala harris from day one uh of of this administration when when biden made her the border czar uh (laughs) would not and could not visit the border right and so they were they had a uh a, a, a they could not deal basically with this issue which is a losing issue for them which is the the record numbers at the border the border crisis that is historic uh today that 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 is persistent by the way and 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 as they're trying to sell this root causes package as a success in december not of 2021 uh not january 2021 not january 2022 but december of 2022 so just you know, two three months ago, Sean, we had the highest uh, number ever of Southwest border encounters yeah. at the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, f- you know, close to five hundred thousand uh, from just the three Northern Triangle countries. Not even to mention the broader crisis. You know, of of, of other countries, um, not just in, in Latin America, Venezuela among them, obviously, but also you're you're seeing Chinese uh, nationals, Russian nationals show up at the border, and they're basically there, to avoid and evade this issue, uh, they've decided to to throw around uh, billions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer dollars, um, basically uh, as a as a you know PR stunt uh, yeah. to tell to the American people. This is what we're doing on the border, uh, and then they're turning around and uh, and then showing and trying to, to, to get the media to to basically uh, to confirm right. These so-called successes in Central America—they're touting a four-billion-dollar, uh, you, you know, a, payoff a, a success in 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 private money. By the way, this is separate from what you're talking about. Oh. They've uh, announced to the country that uh, that basically that Kamala Harris has convinced the private sector in the United States and and, and other countries to basically to invest in these countries right and um, first of all it's what we show in this report is that it's not true uh that that's not what's what's actually happening and more importantly uh it's a problem sean like you mentioned one because it's ignoring uh you know the the issues one here at home like you said uh first among them the border uh but also because you know we have a china problem sean we have a problem with uh the chinese communist party uh, encroaching its influence in the Western Hemisphere, something that is unprecedented in in 200 years plus of U.S. foreign policy, uh, and they're beating us in the things that matter—not in giving money to NGOs on every issue that we can come up with or that the left can come up with—but uh, on issues that matter to to American taxpayers and to American workers uh, on mining that affects, you know, strategic. Uh, raw material, uh, raw, uh, and rare earths, and, and, and natural resources that matter to the U.S. consumer.
3: Mateo, On we, they're Chinese communist sympathizers, and the problem we have is not only are there sympathizers in this country that, simple, that, that are, are sympathizers because they agree with the ideology, these are representatives who have taken communist Chinese money, Congress, senators, and a sitting president with dementia, who has been m- made millionaires from the Chinese Communist Party, and they are implementing policies that are a payoff for the bribes. That's the only way you can come to any kind of conclusion, and specifically what you look at in our foreign policy. China owns the mineral rights to Afghanistan. We lost trillions upon trillions, $9 trillion, 2,400 lives they admit to. God knows how many thousands that are off the books in private contractors and a hundred thousand plus that are wounded and injured. Not to mention all of the money we left and the new equipment. Ultimately, are there enough people that want to read these reports and want to know the facts, or is they are they just, I don't know, awestruck by the fact that office tramp can become the vice president? What is your conclusion in all of this?
9: Look, Sean, it, you're you're right that this is uh, that we underestimate how ideological uh, this agenda is uh, from the top down. Unfortunately and that we're, we're basically we're losing. We're losing in, in these strategic areas that matter in foreign policy, right, that we should be looking at, uh, but that we're not because we're more, uh, we're, we're busy having to, to worry and to stop at least, or to try to stop at least, uh, a lot of, uh, of, of the poor decision-making uh, that's going on again when billions of dollars, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, in specific programs, get uh, funneled to advance a woke agenda abroad, right? That distracts from uh, stopping at Chinese ports, you know, and off the coast of Mexico, you know, a, hundred, a couple hundred miles off, you know, ports in California, right? From uh, turning into basically Chinese naval bases potential, right, or in Central America or across the region, right? So there's there's these strategic areas that matter, uh, and that we're not paying attention to, and instead uh, we're we're ignoring uh, the crisis at the border, uh, and we're uh, wasting basically uh, the, the the money of the U.S. taxpayer. And so that's I think it. that's that's the bottom line.
3: Mateo, I've 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 got something that it's I don't I don't think it gets enough attention. In fact, it's somehow become politicized. But the reality is, you have more Americans last year, double the amount that were killed in Vietnam that are victims of two cartels, two, the Sinaloa's and the new generation cartel, which apparently have an exclusivity on fentanyl and drug distribution that thrive in the Democrat sewers. I'm going to ask you something that's going to be uncomfortable. But here's the conclusion. When you're talking about the multi-billion dollar industry of drug distribution, the unfettered, prosecution of the gang distributors here in America. Chicago is the prime example. You've got 52,000 branches of the El Rukins. They used to be the gangster disciples. God knows what they call themselves. All getting their product from two suppliers and the American government can't figure this out and shut it down? How in the world can you come to any other conclusion than the, uh, the, um, the people who make up the bureaucracies in the American law enforcement institutions? From the DEA to these Democrats sewer hell holes where this thrives are not in on the scam. The only conclusion I can come to is this supply chain is unfettered because the American government has a vested interest in watching these drug cartels sell their product. Am I can you come to another conclusion?
9: Uh, you know, there's there's a a smorgasbord of interests here unfortunately that that either out of complacency, out of again, uh, just ideological uh, priorities that trump U.S. interests, which is what U.S. foreign policy used to be about, uh, or again, out of uh, more more gravely, as you're pointing to, uh, potentially illicit interests. I mean, we know uh, the cartels uh, have operations uh, that are transnational, right? That they operate, you know, uh, on, on this side of the border. They and can- when they do that,
3: they control these right. governments in Central and, and South and, America. They control Mexico, and, you know, and we're giving them money? They already own the politicians. That,
9: and, Sean, I think I'll, I'll say that the last thing I'll say on, on the fentanyl is that we, we all need to remember the fentanyl supply chain, the precursor supply chain, comes from China and, yeah. and, and from transnational criminal groups linked to the Chinese Communist Party. And so this is a war, a chemical war, that is being waged on American citizens quietly uh, as they've done before uh, as we know well uh, and and again uh, our response is is basically to uh, deviate the limited funds that we have and the limited resources we have uh, away from any strategic effort that matters uh, another thing that 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 Sean that, that you uh, one last issue that that you're uh, well familiar with and uh, and and that uh, I, I is is receiving attention now as you well know uh is is the crisis of the u s dollar uh and are are eroding influence there that's not uh you know separate from all of this because the same countries that are turning around uh and, and you know over time basically saying you know why do we have to use the dollar as the as the common reserve currency Yep. right, which would be a crisis if we abandoned, right, would, be, would drive up inflation of uh, the wall and would basically uh, end, you know, the last uh, 50, 60, 70 years of, of U.S. foreign policy as we know it, uh, those same countries uh, are the countries that, again, where we're wasting limited resources uh, to to fund woke NGOs uh, or to basically to, to distract from any strategic effort. Uh, to to wedge out the Chinese Communist Party. And so that's what we should be focused on, Uh, Sean, that, and obviously, first and foremost, uh, the the crisis at the border. You don't solve the border crisis with foreign aid. We know that. Uh, You leverage resources abroad uh, to to compete. uh, But the border crisis, we solve at home.
3: It's so, dis- it's so upsetting, because the reality is, at least in the end, we'll have an economic example of an un- uninterrupted supply chain and true price stability, only it's, a- it's among illicit drugs like heroin, or as it's known in Chicago, heroin, or fentanyl. And this is the only thing that we're going to have left to study, Mateo. The good news is we know what the problem is, we just have to have the courage to solve it, and that's what the people at Heritage Foundation do. Mateo, I appreciate you coming on and making time for me. I look forward to having you on in the future, even though I I fear what we'll talk about, but I at least know we'll talk about it based on Americanism and principles of freedom. So thank you, Mateo, for what you do.
9: Yes, sir. Thank you, Sean, for, for driving the conversation.
3: We'll be back with your calls and comments after this.
0: This is The Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
3: No one has given me a sufficient answer, I mean, aside from Mateo. They don't have the power to do this. You're talking about $4 billion dollars. To governments that are so corrupted, the citizens find it necessary to flee. And the idea among the Democrat, the American scoundrel, is to bribe those politicians? I mean, can they not figure out the reason that these people are fleeing these hellholes are because the cartels control the government? And our answer is to pay them off?
8: To address the underlying causes of migration... On Friday, the White House requested $861 million from Congress for that effort.
3: Let me answer on behalf of Congress, not that there's anybody with enough fortitude to say it. My offer to you is this. Nothing. I give you nothing, the administration. You don't get to dictate anything. And by the way, get your short-in-the-pants, drunk ass back home where you've managed to destroy it.
7: So ridiculous. Who is traveling with him? Is it just uh, from his family? Is it just Val and Hunter, or are there so other I can family? Confirm. Friends? I can confirm uh, that uh, uh, his sister Valerie uh, Biden Owens is traveling. I can confirm that Hunter Biden is traveling as well.
3: Do me a favor, kiss the Blarney Stone on us. Why not? You've been robbing and destroying our country, and I know that's exactly what your intention is. You communist sympathizing roaches. Companies coming in and building EV plants. Again, I just don't
7: have anything specific as it relates to China electric vehicles.
3: I do. The policies you implement seem to enrich them. And in the meantime, they're playing war games.
2: China's military has declared it is, quote, ready to fight
3: after completing three days of large-scale combat exercises around Taiwan. Those drills
6: simulated sealing off the island in response to the Taiwanese president's trip to the U.S. last week. China says the combat readiness patrols named Joint Sword were meant as a warning to self-governing Taiwan, which China claims has
3: its own. That's look your evening rush. China's, China. China's having a good few years, aren't they? I mean, Squirrel, you could really trace it all the way back.
7: We have new evidence in the investigation of the origins of COVID-19. Emails revealing Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a February 2020 paper to discredit the, the, the virus leaked out of the lab in Wuhan, China. This happened weeks before pretending that he was not involved in the study. During a White House press conference, Judiciary Chairman and Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan joined me on Sunday Morning Futures to discuss Watch
9: so right at the get-go dr fauci gets an email from dr christian anderson which says virus looks engineered virus not consistent with evolutionary theory the next day he gets another email from dr gary now these are doctors he's handed out our tax dollars to over the years dr gary's email says i don't know how this happens in nature it would be easy to do in a lab that same day february 1st 2020 all these other virologists they get on there and three days later everybody changes their story
3: where's there going to be a District Attorney of Character, to indict this pickle face corrupt bastard who crippled my nation and forever changed the trajectory of Americanism, freedom, and liberty, and put in place this Marxist mafia that have been his paymasters since his hair was dark. 312-642-5600.
0: He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer.
3: You know, when you hear Lloyd Austin, the broker from Raytheon, talk about why he's upset about the papers out of the Pentagon. Now, keep in mind, this is an institution that has lost $6 trillion. In the last 21 years, $6 trillion is missing, and they can't find it. This is so obvious. Even Democrat morons like John Stewart are starting to figure it out.
7: The fact that the DOD has not passed an audit is not suggestive of waste, fraud, and abuse. That is completely false right there.
0: If I give you a billion dollars and you can't tell me what happened to it, if you can't tell me where it went... Then what am I supposed to think? We got out of 20 years of war and the Pentagon got a $50 billion raise. Like, to me, that's corruption.
3: Well, welcome to the party, dummy. And the $50 billion raise isn't half as offensive. Isn't a third as offensive as the missing $6 trillion? What else are you scallywags doing?
5: There's been an alarming hit on U.S. intelligence. Dozens of apparently classified documents from the Defense Department, some of them marked top secret, are circulating on the Internet. So what's in these documents, and what impact will this have on national security? There are maps, charts, and photographs, and they paint a detailed picture of the war in Ukraine, including its air defenses. But there's also sensitive information about other American allies. And it seems that many of the documents are from daily Pentagon intelligence briefings, although some of them appear to have been altered. The Defense Department is working around the clock to try and figure out how big the leak is, how much damage it might have caused, and who did it. What we know is that the documents first appeared at the beginning of March on a chat forum for a Minecraft video game. They don't contain detailed battle plans, it's more like a U.S. snapshot of the conflict. But they could give the Russians useful information, they could put U.S. intelligence sources at risk, and it's a diplomatic embarrassment.
3: Really? Is it more of an embarrassment than the dimwit who pretends to be president?
0: Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor. And they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference and said, No, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, You have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, Call him.
3: And that's an admission to bald faced political corruption. You know what year that was, squirrel? You're not going to believe it. That was the same year in 2017 when Pickleface Fauci predicted this.
6: Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena, ...of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation you will understand why history, and the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind... That they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with.
3: Wow. It's like he's Nostradamus. It's either that, or you'll have to admit that both he and Joseph Robinette, my pants are wet, Biden, are traitors and saboteurs to American prosperity. Uh, I'll go with B, Christine Rogers Park.
1: Oh, a man. You're on, doll. Okay. Why do I I think I have the answer. What are you? Wait, what, right. You there? So why you're not
3: hanging around with Pelosi, are you? All right, go ahead.
1: Why do I have to pay tax dollars for the NASCAR to come through downtown? I hear it on Western Avenue all night, yeah. In the morning, can well, we opt out like the Janus decision when they opted out of paying dues? In Like, if I don't want it, can I have my money?
3: No, you can't get your money back. But I love the way you think. And by the way, keep in mind, that Western Avenue, that mayhem, that that nonsense, the cars racing up and down the sirens, it's all for free. See, it's all perspective, Christine. If you look at it like you're in a video game, it's called Democrat failure citywide. Yeah, that's what you get for living in Chicago. Larry in Oak Forest.
10: Hey, Sean, I was listening to Charlie Kirk today, and I don't know if you happened to catch him. He was talking about how El Salvador, El Salvador, the streets have become uh, a lot safer. The parks are safer. People aren't afraid to go out. He yeah. said because the government is, is arresting the cartel members and throwing them in jail, and they're forgetting about all the BS. They you mean they're they're
3: them. they're prosecuting criminals and they're incentivizing yes, exactly. the criminals to go to where they're loved, like in Chicago, in New York, and New Jersey, where the criminals of El Salvador are welcomed and given rent and food stamp money and customers up the wazoo. Yes, it's true. All you need is a little philosophy of law enforcement, and you disincentivize the criminals. Sooner or later, Chicago will figure that out. But in the meantime, let's all, let's all really get excited about union organization and make sure that people that make 154000 a year, their insurance, their retirement benefits, and all the rest of it, that they get more while the citizens get less.
2: CSU sent out a statement uh, just about an hour ago saying that in part it has uh, considered the concerns of the faculty and has made great strides to address those concerns. Resolution, they say, of the issues must be within the constraints of the union. Well, you think it's a coincidence
3: that the union of Chicago, the CTU, the Chicago Teachers Union, Rutgers University, and unions in all Democrat strongholds, they're going on strike at the same time. You think it's merely a coincidence or is it?
7: Organized. Mafia. Rutgers
5: is for education!
7: Negotiations continue as hundreds of Rutgers University faculty and staff, along with students, remain on strike today across all three campuses. New Brunswick, Camden, and Newark.
3: See, and then what's nice is when this mafia foot soldiers are loyal to the mafia party of the Democrats. When election time comes around next time, they get very motivated to go out and ballot harvest but it turns, we have some news here from Bolingbroke. Stearns from Bolingbroke.
1: Hey, how's it going? Uh, I uh, I do I uh, work in fiber optics all over the Chicagoland area. And I, I personally, I never like Trump. I I don't like the way he is. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I've been asking people for over a year who they voted for <laughs> and who they would vote for right now. Right. And every single person that I talk to says Trump. So I want to know, like, at what point do we figure out that, like, uh, the, the system's rigged and we can't trust the voting anymore?
3: Well, I like, figured it out when gonna... I was a kid growing up in Melrose Park, but uh, my suspicions were, were, were cemented when I was working Election Day and they wanted me to believe 81 million morons voted for this dimwit in diapers. Because he didn't win, but so to it's, quote it's, Stalin... Yeah the next step is you go to an area where there is integrity you have to get out of illinois brother because illinois shares the philosophy of uncle joe stalin it doesn't matter how they vote it matters how they're counted 312-642-5600
0: he believes in freedom capitalism and individual liberty and because of that he's become an enemy of the state he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer am 560 the answer all
3: right so scroll what do you think we should do it i can't get over this is our last segment how many minutes do i have in this segment you want to be aggravated or do you want to laugh what do you want to do you call you want to laugh all right we'll laugh Um, This whole idea of the government mandating sexual mores, sexual acceptance, the indoctrination of children into schools, talking about sex, this is something that's really very American-specific. You see, the rest of the world would not tolerate this. And I found this clip yesterday. I listen to news from all around the world. I really do. I find it fascinating, and you really get to kind of the perspective of how propagandized we are in so many aspects. This is in Africa. Now, Africa, which just hosted uh, the easiest vice president this country's ever seen, Kamala Hump Day-Harris, a girl who spent more time really kind of looking for her undergarments in cars than she did focusing on policy. A woman whose father is a Marxist, an admitted Marxist professor. And uh, the idea that the government can mandate your child and their sexual understanding of what exactly is happening. So, in Africa, this is a newscaster who's just catching up with kind of the new transgender society.
4: We bring in the studio this morning one of the gay rights activists, Mr. Should I call you Mr. Sure. Pepe Julian Onzima? Thank you for coming in. Thank you for. Good morning.
1: Morning to
4: you. Why are you gay? Who says I'm gay? You are gay. You're um, uh, uh, lesbian, homosexual? How can I describe you? Gender. You were initially male or female? The
7: sex that was assigned to me at
3: birth was female. So, to give you an idea, it's a woman dressed like a man. So, the, the poor announcer is completely confused. And this is where we're at.
4: And you opted to become male. Why should someone be gay? Are you dating any female? Yes, I am. You have a girlfriend. Yes, I do. While in transition, you're having a girlfriend. Yes. Do you perform the natural obligations? Uh, doesn't that make you gay?
1: What do you mean? Doesn't that make me gay? I am. I am male and attracted to a female.
6: So who is gay? <laughs> I don't know. I was
3: always because you're pretending. You're not male. You're a woman. I mean, it's just so preposterous. It is so fracking insane. Then we have to partake in this delusion. And listen, you should do be able to do whatever you want to do. You want to drive? Okay, fine, go ahead. But can you leave the kids alone? No, I mean really, can you leave the kids alone? I mean, aside from demanding and insisting that you
0: kill them. The order from U.S. District Judge Matthew Kazmerik suspending use of the abortion pill would apply to all 50 states, including those where abortion is currently legal. But the case is most certainly headed to the Supreme Court.
3: Now here, I've got some good news for you. Since the controversial decision where the Supreme Court said if you live in a state run by mafia members and hellhole Democrats scourge and they want to kill the kids, go ahead, it's the state issue. Since that has happened, 5,000 babies are murdered. 5,000 less babies are murdered every month. You see, the dirty little secret is the Democrats don't care about the kids. They're we're complacent as 7,145 babies were slaughtered by their mothers before they had the chance at life. They wanted you to pay for it. And they want you to believe they care for the kids as they indoctrinate them into their society of Slavery. Called socialism, Marxism, communism, or the American Democrat way, as they unionize them, pretending to pay the people the whole time enriching the labor extortion mafia unions. We're going to win this argument because we're right on every issue and they're corrupt on every plan. I see you for what you are, you half ass, butter handed gangsters. I'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth in again. Great night. Have an American night.